Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, hardworking, <laughs> wonderful world of Disney loving wife and co-host Michelle. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, September 12th, 2021. I hope you all took a moment yesterday to remember what happened, that dark day that happened right. 20 years ago on September 11th of 2001. And remember everybody that sacrificed uh, themselves uh, you know, during that terrible time and uh, in, the, in the years uh, that came afterwards. But this is September 12th. So before we move into this episode, I want to focus on 20 years ago on September 12th. Ooh. And that's because, and, and, and I, I have to say, I was thinking about this ahead of time. And then I was watching the pregame for, you know, opening day of the NFL today. Mm -hmm. And they did something similar. And so I, it inspired me to go ahead and, and, and go ahead and do this. And the one thing I want to bring up with September 12th is that, yes, of course, yesterday, we all should never forget what happened on that day. But I would also like us to never forget what happened in the days right after September 11th. How much this country came together in, in, in unity. Right. And uh, so many wonderful things out of a tragic, tragic event. So many wonderful things came out of that day in the the days, the weeks, the months to come. Right. I mean, everybody, you know, like you said, came together. It it just felt like the country was unified and it was a good feeling. Yes. Um, I remember from my own uh, recollections of those days of uh, I was working at a radio station at the time and we all gathered together and went out in different groups to street corners around San Diego with placards with American flags mm -hmm. on them and we're giving them out to people in cars and people honking their horns and waving and whooping it up. I remember uh, a, a bus stopping and, and by them inviting us on and we ran nice. onto a bus and we're just handing placards to people. I remember us as a radio station getting together out in front of of the station uh, and they played God bless the USA and we all sang and hugged and wept and held hands wow. um, as that happened and just seeing the country come together I really would like to look back at that and I know how divided we've been recently I would like to have people look back at that day and hope that somewhere in the future we can all come together as a people again right and you know coming together and being unified doesn't mean we always agree on everything. It's just that we agree as a country, as a nation, you know, we want to remain that ability to have a democracy. Right. I, you know, there's more that makes us alike than makes us different. Right. You know, we can all get along, we can all have discussions and we can all root for one another, cheer for one another, and and just remember that we are all a people and you know, citizens of this country. Right, and, and, and be respectful of the right. fact that we're all going to have different perspectives and that it doesn't mean everybody has to believe 
the same way. Yes, I completely agree. Anyway, I don't. I didn't want to steer us too far off Thank course, you. but for just a second, being as it is September twelfth, I also I wanted to look back at those days and remember um, some great things that happened afterwards. So, anyway, nice. Moving on. <laughs> uh, again, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. So the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there. I don't know if you've heard before, but you can sign up for a newsletter that we do each week. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. Just uh, We put out all our information to you on the newsletter, generally first if we can. It's just kind of another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Right, and we don't share that email with address with anybody else. That's true. It's just, just for the that newsletter. newsletter, and that is it. Another way to be involved in our world is to follow us on social media. Please check us out. We're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Hyperion Adventures podcast. If you're on Facebook, why don't you come on over and join us yeah. with a fun, positive Disney energy we have in our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Just do a search for it. Just say you want to become a member. Boom, you're a member and you can join in on the fun there. And uh, bring your friends along. And bring your friends along to have more positive, fun Disney Hyperion Adventurer fun. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Check us out there. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures podcast. Hit subscribe. And you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures podcast at gmail.com. Right. We love hearing from all of you. And thanks for those who have sent letters and sent letters this week. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. As a matter of fact, in just a second, I'm going to get to some things that came through email, through social media, through various aspects and that we appreciate that you all interacting with us on. Uh, just one more thing before we get to that. Uh, if you want to support the show, kind of help us out, uh, there are a couple ways to do that. One, there's our Spreadshirt Shop, our Hyperion Adventures podcast Spreadshirt Shop, where we have all sorts of different of our logos uh, done in various merchandise. You can check out that stuff there. Also, uh, please head to our Patreon page, uh, Hyperion Adventures podcast patreon account and we have all sorts of different tiers with different swag that you get with it including a lot of stuff dealing with disney dishes Mm -hmm. uh, and how recipes uh possible virtual get-togethers to go cook together and everything uh check us out there as well yeah we really appreciate those of you who have already done that Mm -hmm. as well thank you for sure now getting to what i was alluding to we have closed down our first category for our third annual Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. If you remember, that first category for this year was Best Disney Villain. And we're going to get to what our final ballot is in just a moment. But before we do that, we have to give you our selections for our five best villains and we always start with michelle whenever we do a list because she's awesome wonderful all things great (laughs) but let's hear michelle what uh, are your nominees for the best disney villains category um okay uh so these are really not in any particular order but um the first one i do list is um pete or peg leg pete i don't know if we want to go by a specific one but you know or stinky pete pete is just the (laughs) Evil. I think Stinky Pete isn't Stinky Pete the from Toy Story. He is, but I'm thinking they had to have picked that name because I mean, they may have picked it, but they're different characters. They are okay. <laughs> I mean the the Pete that is in yes. most of the Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. Yes. yes. All right. I'm complicating this, making it take too long. Sorry. Um, Thanos. Okay. Big bad. Big bad. Big bad. Good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Krennic. 
from uh, Rogue One. Rogue I One. just find him intriguing. Yes, he's and, a fascinating character yeah, for sure. Yes. Uh, Captain Hook. Yes. Great one. I know. Right. Old classic, school. Old classic school. Disney yeah. Villain, yes. And lastly, from the Emperor's New Groove. Yzma. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> she's she's wild. She's, if you're looking for a, a, a funny yeah. a villain, uh, Yzma is a very good one. Okay. Thank so you. There, what about yours? Your additions actually changed our, added a couple names to our list of our final ballot once we get to it. So I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let me get to mine. Uh, here are my picks. Uh, Dr. Facilier oh, from, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. The Princess and the Frog. Uh, Agatha Harkness. From WandaVision, <laughs> it was Agatha yes. all along, and she is a brand new uh, addition to the right. possible villains that we love very much. A Scar from The Lion right. King, just such a great villain. Yeah, so I kind of figured that yeah. one was going to be a yeah. shoe in so. Uh, I agree with you. Thanos is, yeah. a, is a choice as well. And Emperor Sheev Palpatine, mm. also known as Darth Sidious from Star Wars, is on my villain. He is creepy, but <laughs> he's a great villain. So let's go ahead and get to our list of the final ballot nominees. These will be on later near the end of the year when we do our final ballot uh, to see who actually makes it into the Hall of Fame. Of course, we will do another sort of a prize package of some sort that goes along for somebody who votes in it. We'll figure that out as we get closer to it. But here is the final ballot nominees for best Disney villain. And yes, it was Agatha all along. <laughs> Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. By the way, congratulations, WandaVision. We just announced a little bit ago, won a couple of Emmys nice. um, today. I think it was for costuming and sets or something along those well lines. Deserved. Technical stuff. Um, but congratulations to them. Uh, Captain Hook from Peter Pan <laughs> is on the final ballot. Ashurnabog from Fantasia. You know, the big sort of <laughs> right. demon devil yeah. looking big mountain thing is, uh, is, is, is yeah. made it as a Love villain. that character. Yes. Uh, Cruella DeVille yeah. is going to be on there Kinda from 100, that one would make it 101 <laughs> Dalmatians and now from, of course, the new film, Live relatively action. new film, Cruella. And just awesome in the parks. If you run into Cruella yes. in the parks, it's always a hoot. Um, please check it out. Uh, Dr. Facilier, the shadow man from mm-hmm. The Princess and the Frog, made it. Hades from Hercules. Nice. And as one of our... Uh, people who nominated wanted to point out also from Descendants 3. True. Uh, Hades is on our list. Uh, Mother Gothel from Tangled mm-hmm. made our list. I was uh, actually surprised she wasn't on your list. I was just assuming that would be happening. I happen to know a few things and so I could All put right. some other people wow. in that I wanted to name <laughs> uh, because I knew that Mother Gothel was in, did already make it in. And by the way, this is in alphabetical order, not in a particular voting order as far as how many votes they received. Uh, they just needed multiple uh, votes to be able to make it to our final ballot. Uh, yes, Pete did make the final ballot. Bravo. So yes, congratulations, Pete. Scar from The Lion King mm-hmm. is on the final ballot. Uh, also making it in is Thanos from, of course, the Infinity series right. of, uh, from the Marvel Universe uh, d- did make it on. Ursula from The Little Mermaid, great villain, love mm-hmm. Ursula. And yes, this was a surprise to me last year. 
Uh, also, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised because she made it again this year. Yizma uh, from the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove, and it was it was before you even nominated her that she had already made it <laughs> wow. in. So uh, very very popular, uh, hilarious yes. in the Emperor's New Groove. So uh, those are our our uh, final ballot nominees and. Uh, of course, we will get those out to you when we get to that final ballot point. Now, we do have a new category for you that opened up this week, and we hope that you avoid it. It was a popular category last year. We only had one character make it in last year. Mm-hmm. It is this year's, this this year's, this week's, I'm all over the map. Yes. This week's. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Because it's one of my favorite categories, actually. Uh, this week's category, and for the next couple of weeks, it will be Best Disney Sidekick. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the only character, even though we had a lot of great ones nominated last time, the only one that made it in last time was Olaf. Maybe that's why I'm right. excited about it, because <laughs> hashtag real men love Frozen. Uh, Olaf is already in, so you can vote for any other Disney Sidekick uh, to make it in, and we will have... Uh, the rest of this week and then a portion of uh, the following week to get those nominees in. And then we will then give you, just like we did today, the final ballot nominees cool. after that is done. So there we go. Nice. Yes, yes. So love those all. Now, before we get to today's topic, we have one more thing to go to, <laughs> and that is, of course, my favorite thing <laughs> from this week. And this is the one that I always wonder if Michelle is going to remember that we're going to do. Michelle, did you remember? I did. I did about 15 minutes ago. I thought <laughs> I remembered. But you remember. That's I the key. Did. That's all that matters. So, uh, Michelle, please tell our listeners what your favorite thing is from this week. Um, it's kind of strange, I guess, but... Um, it, and I guess personal, but I needed to have a conversation with somebody at work that I was very concerned about how it was going to come across and be received. And uh, I know you as my best friend and sounding board, you know, really helped coach me on some ideas. And then as one would expect, because you were involved in that, it did turn out well. Good. I'm glad it turned out well. So I'm glad that's your favorite thing from this week. Yes. It doesn't have to be Disney related. It could be personal it could be something completely opposite. It could be universal or right. whatever. Um, whatever your favorite thing is from this week, uh, we'd love to hear it as Michelle so. has a personal one for thank us. Thank you. And week. thank you for helping me out there. I had a few things that I was trying to d- decide Ooh. on for my favorite thing from this week. There's lots of great stuff that happened this week. One of them was we went to go out and visit on uh, Labor Day. We went out right. to uh, the port and saw the Disney Wonder exactly. in person, mm-hmm. uh, which was just so beautiful to see her again in San Diego at the port. She looks stunning as always. We only wish we could have boarded her that day to go on a nice Disney cruise sailing, but we couldn't do that, but we did stop down there and we hope you saw on social media, some of the pictures we posted out there. But my actual favorite thing from this week was us learning that Yeehaw Bob right. will be returning to Disney's Yee-hoo. Port Orleans Resort Riverside next month once it reopens on October 14th. He announced this uh, through a video he posted on his Facebook page. And uh, if you've ever seen him, if you know anything about him, his show is spectacular. We were lucky enough to go with some friends right. uh, to check him out uh, a couple years ago. And it was just a, an amazing experience. Just so much fun and so 
life fulfilling right. and it, it you know it was just it's such an interactive show and we were sad when it, along with a lot of the disney entertainment when uh they had to be put on hiatus for a while but it was so good to hear that he will be back very very soon right and you know we've been kind of enjoying him on the side through his facebook page where he's done some shows so but yes to be able to go see him in person we highly recommend that as an activity that is well worth your time yeah it's it takes place in the river Roost Lounge, um, and I know it's a lounge, so it may seem very adult. But believe me, this is good for all ages. Right. Um, take the kids, They'll take the whole it. family, go out there. He's interactive with everybody, and you'll have you'll laugh, you'll sing along, you'll clap along, you'll have a great time. Yeah, I think there's some video out there of yes. you and. Uh, participating in some activities yes so. speaking of that go to our youtube <laughs> channel uh there is some video of me taking part <laughs> being silly myself uh with uh yeehaw bob and that so yeah if you want to go check that out it's a lot of fun as well now uh let's move forward to this week we have lots of stuff for you this week including we have a disneyland holiday time party <laughs> announcement <laughs> we're going to be discussing that for sure uh we also have some disney cruise line information going out there we now know when all the ships will be sailing from u.s ports, so we'll go over that uh speaking of disney cruise line they received yet another amazing accolade mm-hmm. uh we'll talk about that as well disney has made it much easier for you to get some of your favorite tasty treats and the parks and we'll talk about that which i think is a really exciting announcement and we have a date for when you'll be able to get your tickets for the ultimate disney fan event but enough hesitating (laughs) enough waiting let's get to our main topic of the week world of Disney. So yes, this week's main topic is interesting because originally this the, the, the title of this topic is correct. Um, however, as we were going through this, as Michelle was doing her hard work through this, <laughs> she discovered a bunch of new information apparently. So tell me, so this what was going to be our last of our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday party right. is going to be a two-parter right, right. Was... starting with this week and then moving on to next week. Is that right, Michelle? That's right. And, you know, thank you for accommodating me when just like what about half an hour ago I said, hey, by the way, I think I have a lot of information and I know I said I was going to talk about opening day. 
but I have more information and can we do a two part? And you said yes, so thank you. Yes, I, I think it's uh, it's been a very popular subject that we've gone over. Uh, most of these episodes do really, really well on our downloads. And uh, I think people are very, well, Michelle does such great research, <laughs> has such great information. We always learn something new every time that she does one of these. And uh, you apparently love it too. So yeah. I figured, you know, hey, it can't hurt to you know do this. And we didn't really want to do a two and a half hour episode today. Right. So uh, we decided to break it up and we will be bringing a second part of that this week or next week. So uh, Michelle, tell everybody what uh, this week is going to be focused okay, on. So it's still, like you said, as I mentioned to you beforehand, is it is the correct uh, title. and it's, Which is? Which is The Wonderful World of Disney. And um, the reason I'm calling that and continuing to call that is because not is the opening of Walt Disney World a testament to Walt Disney, but it also included the crucial involvement of his brother, Roy Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time of Walt's death, Roy really was about to retire. He was age 73 and dealing with obviously the personal loss of his brother, um, but now being faced with, you know, ensuring the legacy of this company that they built. So in my research, it made me realize, well, first of all, we could probably do a whole nother episode just on Roy, but not today. We yeah. are going to do that. <laughs> we already discussed that. We will be doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do want to share some highlights of his uh, instrumental actions that really supported the creation of Walt Disney World and the two, what? What? Yes, two openings of Walt Disney World. So that's part of where part a comes in or part one we will talk about opening day as well okay all right so hopefully that makes a little bit of sense not at all but i'm sure you'll clear it up (laughs) as we go through the episode (laughs) all right and i'm having fun with this new program that i'm using and things are just popping around so nice i know i know that's why the way our show usually works they just kind of <laughs> pop around and you know that's the, the hey that's the hyperion adventures way right yeah. all right so what's in a name because we're calling this the wonderful world of disney so what's in a world in a name uh and so initially when the florida project was starting to be built it was you know as they know everybody knows it was swampland mm-hmm. and um the company was really starting to face some big struggles because all this acreage that the company purchased was actually situated in two separate counties, Mm. Orange County and Osceola County. So when it came to trying to deal with zoning issues and codes, um, let's just say it was a nightmare for Mm. the company. I can imagine, yeah. Right? So here's the power of a legendary Disney name they were able to gain legislative approval to create their own municipalities. Mm. So um, I don't know that any other company then or now would ever have the success to really come up with getting approval for that kind of unique authority. Um, But the Walt Disney name was really associated with family values and, of course, success in tourism. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like Florida, you know, while Florida had some tourism, obviously, before that, mostly down in like Miami area, but some of the beach communities, and especially in the central part of the state, they had to be like... Yeah, whatever you want. If you're going to bring people to us, we'll we'll figure it out for sure. Exactly. 
So the governor did sign into law legislation that would create the Reedy Creek Improvement District and two municipalities within it. And those were Bay Lake and Reedy Creek, which later became Lake Buena Vista. Mm -hmm. Now, if anybody is interested in actually seeing that original charter for the Reedy Creek Improvement District, just drop us a line on our Gmail account and we'll send that link out there to you. There you go. Very good. Ah. All right. Um, but Just let me know where that is so I can actually send <laughs> yes, that. Yes, I will send that to you. Um, but, you know, obviously there was a positive trade-off because this new legislation um, really required Disney or the Reedy Creek Improvement District to be solely responsible per, for paying the costs of uh, things that you would typically see in municipalities like power, water, roads, uh, fire protection, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they were granted you know, some pretty massive sole authority, but they also had to be responsible financially for that. So it also meant that the uh, local taxpayers in Orange and Osceola counties wouldn't have to pay for building or p maintaining these services within these municipalities. Mm, okay. So Good. Pr pretty, pretty, you know, I mean, it, it was a win-win. Yeah. Uh, again, it, you know, uh, one could evaluate is that too much authority for a company but um anyways we'll move on well they're building their own world I that's mean, true you know, that's well. true you know and and so like i said there was there were some positive trades-off so um the next thing i call the tale of two cities you know bay lake and reedy creek and um so it was reedy creek was granted the powers typically held by towns in florida uh, which included the ability to write their own building codes, sell tax-free bonds, produce electricity, condemn properties. Um, so how is that done? It's run by a governing board that technically functions as a democracy with elections and everything. More on that in, in a bit. But it's not completely you know, immune to outside government. So it does pay Orange County taxes and Reedy Creek submits development plans for state approval for water management district, things like that. So, but th these cities have citizens. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but it's inhabited with residents which, which are either Disney or Reedy Creek workers or in retirees along with their families. They're actually... 44 residents selected by Disney who live in two tiny gated mobile home parks. Really? I had no idea. Right? Yeah, Isn't that pretty cool? Existed, yeah. Yeah. So um, they have to purchase their own mobile homes uh, and they pay a very inexpensive monthly lot rental fee to Disney. Uh, but this grants them the ability to, one, live there uh, and be on this gated lakefront area that actually gives them pretty sweet views of the Magic Kingdom fireworks. Oh, wow. Pretty sounds nice like perk. A pretty, yeah, it sounds <laughs> right? like a pretty cool spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the citizens do have council meetings, uh, and the members of the council actually approve matters like pollution control board appointments and hours of alcohol sales during special mm. park events. So, um, you know, they have a function. Yeah. So, uh, real government, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, the people casting votes do not always rubber stamp what their employers or landlords want from them. Mm. So they, they do, you know, evaluate and really research what the topic is that's being presented to make 
you know, informed decisions that are going to be beneficial for everybody. Um, but one interesting thing I found was that uh, the Bay Lake Council one time had to vote for the mayor and it ended up in a tie. And the way they decided was it just a straw vote. Yeah. At the end, so. Well, pretty, if you have, what was it, 44, you 44, said? 44, yeah, yeah, 44 residents. a little residents. easier to do a straw yeah. vote than like 4,400. <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. So I guess it was 22 to 22. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, on to October 1st, because as we did say, we do want to talk about opening day of October 1st. But before we get in that, any, any other comments or things about the, you know, the op- the beginnings of the development of Walt Disney World. No, I, I mean, it's all fascinating stuff, you know. I mean, I, I, I kind of knew that they were in two counties, but the way they, you know, divvied it up and made it into its own domain, right. essentially. And <laughs> uh, I, I had no idea. Again, you know, Michelle always, tell, I always learn something from these <laughs> Michelle research things. The fact that there are uh, people there who have their own little government I within know. the area and that live there in, in, with a great view of the fireworks. I mean, I, I had no idea that that was right? happening. So it's kind of cool. I would definitely live in a mobile home Just if I that. could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I know. And, you know, the in terms of the municipalities, even if you watch the Imagineering story, and I think it's uh, season one, episode two, they... They kind of mentioned that, you know, and they also talked about some of the other issues related to the um, production or, or development of what would become Walt Disney World. So I didn't want to replicate that. I highly recommend uh, watching, well, all of the Imagineering stories, but that's the one that really gets into, you know, um, dealing with that as well as, you know, how the company was handling what to do next after Walt passed away. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Imagineering story. Uh, I, I'd imagine most of you have already seen it, but if you haven't, uh, definitely go check it out it, on Disney Plus. It's, right. it's fantastic. Yeah. So opening day was officially, opening day to the public was officially October 1st, 1971. But the company really um, learned their lesson from what they did with Disneyland's grand opening where on day one, they televised it live and obviously there was glitches and problems that they were dealing with some that were you know noticed on the air some that weren't um so they just thought all right we're not going to do that again um so we'll open it to the public and let let the glitches be worked out and let the cast members have a little bit more uh, firsthand experience of dealing with the public before they would televise and record, you know, the grand opening in the gala. So the grand opening gala material is what we'll cover in part two of this series. Okay. But, but just to kind of run through some of the th- unique things about day one. Um, so as w- mentioned, uh, and this one I did get from the Imagineering story is that on October 1st, uh, and this is again, how close they were to completing things for opening day is that they actually had to have helicopters buzzing over fantasy land to try to help dry the concrete <laughs> when they were opening. So um, it, it was down to the wire, as they say. Mm-hmm. But um, and there was re- really uh, hard to predict how many people were actually going to come for this opening day. So there was a, obviously huge buildup, huge buildup to what was going to be day one at Walt Disney World. And uh, there there was 
concerns and things saying about people would get stuck in on the highways, you know, the, the crowd would be enormous, like what was seen at Disneyland. Um, but what actually happened was that there were really just over 10,000, uh, the number that was officially reported out of the Orlando Sentinel the following day was 10,422. Um, and so it wasn't quite as big of a turnout. It was actually a pretty low turnout from what they had expected. Um, and in fact, some of the media, some of the news reports at first were kind of saying, oh, see, now Disney World's a flop, <laughs> you know. But hey, we know that wasn't true. Well. <laughs> Uh, on on October 2nd, 1971, the New York Post actually said the Disney officials were privately relieved that the prediction of a crowds of like 30,000 didn't materialize because, it, again, it really did give the newer cast members an opportunity to learn how to deal with the crowds and sure. things like that. Makes sense. You know, kind of a not really a soft opening, but a soft opening right. just the same. Exactly. Yeah. So um so who were the first guests? Um so the official first guest who was led in by the very first Walt Disney World ambassador, Debbie Dane Brown, was William Windsor Jr., who was there with his young son. Um they were designated as the first guests and they were given lifetime passes for entering the park um and 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 actually they became the vip and the celebrity of the day at mm. walt disney world they were you know toured around and you know had special treatment but were you know brought to the front of the castle so were they like pictures. the first family of the day or, or were there yeah, yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because um, in my research, I saw that the at the, the time at the time uh, Jack Linquist was the marketing director. That you know there are multiple gates at the at the front entrance, and that he he pretty much handpicked which gate had the ideal looking family per se. I, I he didn't say ideal. I kind of put that in, but he picked. He he didn't want it to be you know like college kids or. Uh, older people he wanted you know a young family to come in and be the the official first family and so that was the gate that wasn't random is what it you're wasn't saying. random it was and uh i read reports but you know i don't i don't like to report things that i can't say i feel really solid as official but um i did read reports that actually there were some college students who who were actually the first purchasers of tickets um, they were together but they divided and conquered to try to be there and, and get in line first and they weren't going to be picked <laughs> <laughs> but like you said Rowdy college I students. know I know um, but like you said it, you know it's kind of what we see when we go on a Disney cruise mm -hmm. line uh, cruise that they have the first family that actually gets to board before anybody else, mm -hmm. even before concierge uh, on the cruise ship. And, and typically what we see is a mom, dad, and two kids. Yeah. Generally, it's 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 pretty standard yeah. in that regard. <laughs> so if you fit that description, <laughs> be visible. <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting, you know, because usually it's not like the adult couple that <laughs> goes right, on there. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they have that Panama Canal cruise coming up where it's only going to be adults. Oh, that's on, I mean, I guess there could be some 12 and older kids on right. there, you know, kids, you know, tweens, teens. Right. 
Um, but they're not, it's it's gonna be a little different than your traditional cruise, right? right? Usually it's like mom, dad, you know, maybe there's a 12 year old and then there's like a seven year old or right, something, right. you know? So. so, well, maybe this one will be multi generational or something. Yeah. So, who, who knows? Good, good point, honey. Yeah. I really thought about it until that moment right there. Right, right. So. Anyways, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, there were some notable quotes that I really wanted to share um, that kind of summarize a lot of our feelings. Um, so Time Magazine actually ran uh, an article in October of 1971 about Roy. And uh, it's Roy had a quote that he said, the real strength of our company has been that Walt and the staff he built always seemed to be able to reach out and touch the heart of the public. And I, I, that there's no truer words, right, mm -hmm. than that. And, and it's, it was great that, you know, Roy made mention of that. You know, he was, you know, kind of like the, the humble visionary that, right. that really made things happen. And he just kept always putting his brother as, you know, the genius that made this. But um, without, without Roy, it wouldn't have happened. But he's right. Walt and his team really do know how to touch our hearts and continue to this day touching our hearts. Yeah, I'm glad that there is, you know, the the, the statue of Roy within the Magic Kingdom uh, that you can find right. sitting next to Minnie um, because it's important. I mean, you know, everybody knows Walt. Everybody, you know, hey, Walt this, Walt that. And it's true, you know, Walt was the visionary. But, you know, it, how it worked out usually was Walt would, you know, come up with these ideas and then Roy would figure out how to pay for it. Right, you know? right. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So he was al almost equally as important into a lot of these things. Oh, for sure. And and that's where it was hard editing for this episode and figuring out we really do need to dedicate something, uh, a show to Roy, because there's a lot of really important information about his role in mm. this entire company yeah so for sure and we will get to that episode at some point because yeah. uh, he is a fascinating person on his own and he did so much to you know make us make, make all the stuff throughout disney history um the stuff you know that we love whether mm -hmm. it be the parks whether it be the films just so much he was integral an right? integral part of exactly and the last quote that i want to leave us with here is actually came from Demetrios Palaskas, and I, I don't know if I've said his name right, but he was a motel owner from Venice, Florida, and he and his wife attended the opening day that October 1st in 1971 and was interviewed by the New York Post, and he is quoted saying, we need a place like this because of the world situation, a place where we can come and relax and forget all about the bad things. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's so accurate. I, I mean, it's so amazing that back in 1971 and, you know, people always say the good old days or whatever. And you, you, you think back or you think of what the world's gone through where we mentioned at the beginning of this episode about remembering 9-11 and the, the unbelievable situation that happened on that day that changed our world so completely um, and what we're dealing with now with a with a worldwide pandemic here and, and and you think gee back then they were saying things were rough and we needed a place like Walt Disney World and and so I think it really shows that over time we still need Walt Disney World because right. it's still so, a place 
that lets us be young at heart and enjoy life and enjoy family and friends. And thank God we have it. Yes. It doesn't even need to be some of these giant tragedies like, of course, 9-11 or a global pandemic or anything like that. Just day to day, being an adult, having to go to work and take care of family, take care, make sure your mortgage or your rent is paid or whatever, just everything that comes along with right. going through that. And people sometimes wonder, and those of you listening to us, I'm sure you go through this too, of like, <laughs> how can you be so wrapped up in Disney and how can you want to go to the park so much? And it's like, you know, sometimes you, there's nothing wrong with other vacations, right. but sometimes you want to remember what it's like just being a kid and not having the care in the world, right. just enjoying the magic. And that is what these Disney parks and Disney in general bring to us. And I, I just feel it's so very important. Yeah, I mean, it really helps, you know, reinforce our resilience, right? We need the breaks sometime. And, you know, it's something I know I've mentioned multiple times in different episodes here is that, you know, they really do give you permission to be young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't get that opportunity very often. No, so. there aren't, aren't a lot of spaces that allow no. you to do that. So no. oh, that's so, great. Really great Anyways, point. so that's, uh, I guess, part one of the wonderful world of Disney. And so next week will be part two. Right. And that's going to explore more of the gala, correct? Right, exactly. That took place later that month. Okay. So So opening day two. Opening day two. (laughs) So Uh, They're like like, uh, Hyperion Adventurers. Like they're going to have opening day one and opening day two. A, B, X. (laughs) Yeah, uh, great stuff. So uh, Michelle's research, always great. Again, learned many new things this week. I hope you did too. But uh, either way, it's always good stuff. Thank you, Michelle. Well, thank you. Hope, hope, hope you all enjoyed it and uh, enjoy your day. So that is part 6A <laughs> of our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday, the wonderful world of Disney. And part B will be coming next week with more great stuff from Michelle. So thanks again, sweetheart. Thank you. The wonderful world of Disney. So great stuff. Again, uh, Michelle, uh, this whole series has been fantastic. And now we get a bonus episode next week. Uh, Very excited for that. So thank you very much, sweetheart. Thank you. So let's quickly move on to our Disney stories of the week. Bunch of stuff from this week. And I'm going to start with, we have a Disneyland holiday time party announcement that came out this week. Not that we weren't expecting that there might be one, but it was just still good to hear one come out this week because, you know, there haven't been, uh, Disneyland wasn't open up until, right. you know, about six months ago. So it's, it's so great to hear some of this stuff coming back. So uh, this from the Disney Parks blog, they say, are you looking forward to immersing yourself in the holiday season this year? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, look no further because magic is here with holidays at the Disneyland Resort. And this year, We've added a new separate ticketed limited capacity offering, Disney Marius Nights. Yay, another Christmas party. Now, unfortunately, right. it's only for a few dates, so just be aware of that. But let's go through more through it. He said they say since Mickey Mouse adores the holidays and celebrating with friends, he's invited some of them to help host six theme parties in one throughout Disneyland Park. You can join Mickey Mouse and his friends on one of five select nights during November and December with the purchase of one of these tickets. That's what they're saying nice. from the blog. So wow. six parties in one, but it's only for five nights. Might be a little confusing <laughs> that I was looking 
confused for a second there myself. But uh, So they go on to say, as the host of the party, Mickey Mouse will welcome you to the party on Main Street USA with Victorian flair and... Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and their friends join wow. in the fun traveling in a special coach with Christmas Carol sing-alongs, Muppet antics, and a few chickens. <laughs> That's great. It I is, I, especially I, since the Muppet Christmas. Yeah, um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Carol, yeah, is really great. It's one of our favorites. Yes. But also, I mean, since, uh, you know, the Muppets 3D went away at mm-hmm. Disney California Adventure Park, there really hasn't been a lot of Muppets. True. Within Disneyland Resort itself, so it's good to see them coming back a little bit, and it's also good to see Disney continue to embrace the Muppets more. Right. Hashtag Save the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, that they're more and more they show up in various different ways in various different True. parks. That's great news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on through that, the story they say over in New Orleans Square, Princess Tiana plans to ring in Noel with guests at her Bayou-inspired celebration. In Frontierland, Miguel from the Disney and Pixar film Coco will be wishing everyone Feliz Navidad nice. while you kick up your heels during a jolly dance-filled fiesta. <laughs> uh, three more character-hosted holiday parties await you with a tropical party hosted by Lilo and Stitch in Adventureland. Oh boy, yeah. a wintertime celebration with uh. Elsa in Fantasyland. <laughs> Hashtag real men love Frozen. And Buzz Lightyear taking the holidays to new heights over in Tomorrowland. So those are your six parties yes. in one. So that's kind of cool. The six lands. Yes, yes. Uh, your friends and family will enjoy enhanced entertainment such as themed photo backdrops and character sightings and themed specialty food and beverage offer- offerings within this event. And select attractions will be available, including the seasonal transformation of It's a Small World Holiday and Haunted Mansion Holiday, along with a special viewing of the A Christmas Fantasy Parade. And you also will get unlimited Disney PhotoPass digital downloads with your ticket for that night. Now, I didn't see the price of this yet, so I know. not sure what that's going to be, but knowing <laughs> what way prices for Disney have been recently, uh, it may not be cheap, and there's only a few select nights for it, so uh, they the tickets will be available for uh, nights of November 11th, November 16th, November 30th, December 7th, and December nights, and tickets will be available for purchase this week on September 14th, and they say no earlier than 9 a.m. on Disneyland.com or and or the Disneyland app. So, so if you're thinking about fun. going, mm-hmm. there's only a few nights. It may go quickly. You may want to jump on that early. Right. I guess especially if you aren't going to be, if you aren't a magic key holder. And yeah, you're really buying a it. ticket anyway. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I haven't heard anything about any magic key discounts for it or anything yet. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what the price is, but <laughs> uh, it does sound like a wonderful event. Uh, all the lands sound great. All the different little right. themed parties, yeah. and the parade, you know, special viewing of the parade. It's good that they'll have the parade going on during right. the day anyways for those who aren't going to the ticketed event. Mm-hmm. But uh, nice that they'll have that option for you. Yeah. And the ticket events are really always spectacular there. And so that's very exciting. And I'm sure you'll be able to just like with they do for all these ticketed events, uh, mingle in a little bit early right. beforehand. And you'll probably get to catch, even though that will be, I, it doesn't sound like they're doing, at least not from this story, uh, a special viewing of it, but also be able to see Believe in Holiday Magic, mm-hmm. which is the fireworks show that they're going to be starting doing for the holiday season right. again this year. Uh, so you'll probably get to have that thrown into it as well. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 
So moving from Disneyland to Disney Cruise Line, we do have a couple stories for you this week. And I'm going to start with we now know the dates when you'll have the opportunity to sail on all of Disney Cruise Line's gorgeous ships from a U.S. port once again. Yay! Yeah, this is very cool. And this is from the Disney Cruise Line blog. Again, great spot. Not official Disney, but a great spot for Disney mm-hmm. Cruise Line information. Check out that. DisneyCruiseLineBlog.com, I believe, is the address. Uh, he says the Disney Magic will resume, deliver, resume delivering magical family vacations in the U.S. with mostly four and five. Five night sailings out of Miami, Florida, beginning beginning on October 28th, 2021, which is actually a three night Bahamian Bahamian cruise, not Bahamian. It might be kind of Bahamian, but it's going to be <laughs> Bahamian. Uh, they also have four, the four night sailings will feature stops in the Bahamas. The five night sailings will feature stops in the Bahamas and Mexico. So that's cool. Nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, beginning on October 9th, the Disney Fantasy, which just started. I believe it was yesterday on September 11th, uh, welcoming guests back on aboard officially again, not no longer doing their testing cruises, right. official sailings. Uh, but on October 9th, uh, the Disney Fantasy will resume voyages that are seven nights. So nice. back there right now they're doing three and four. Right, right. Uh, then they will be back to their seven nights uh, from Port Canaveral with stops in the Bahamas and Mexico. We're still wondering what our cruise is going to be coming up <laughs> in December right. because we have some ports that aren't. Well, I mean, we do have Mexico, uh, but we don't have. Well, we have Castaway Key, right? But we have stops in Jamaica and uh, and uh, Grand Cayman right. right now. We're not sure if we're going to be stopping in Jamaica right. or Grand Cayman, so we're still waiting to see what happens with that cruise. But anyway. Um, previously Disney Cruise Line announced, as we mentioned, the Disney Wonder is now in mm-hmm. San Diego and they will be doing passenger service with three and four night itineraries beginning October 1st out of San Diego. Uh, the three night sailings will feature a stop in Ensenada, uh, Mexico and a day at sea, while the four night sailings will feature two days at sea and a stop at Cabo San Lucas. Thanks. And so uh, very cool. And also yeah. they, they had one more p- portion to the story. And that is that there's been a little bit of change. If you had an itinerary book that included Key West uh, mm-hmm. to it, which I believe was um, only deal- dealt with the magic right uh-huh. now. Um, but uh, because there's some still some things up in the air with Key West with allowing uh, cruise ships of a certain size to stop there, mm. um, they've decided just for now until they get that all straightened out to change that. And you'll either be stopping at Nassau or another day at Castaway Key, which right. who can complain about another right. day at Castaway yeah. Key? Yeah, so. sweet. There you go. So uh, interesting stuff there. Now, speaking of Disney Cruise Line, uh, they received yet another accolade this week, yes. which was exciting. Well this deserved. From travelandleisure.com, of all places. Uh, they said, with incredible programming for kids and adults alike, world-class entertainment, unique dining experiences, and a hefty sprinkle of Disney magic, Disney Cruise Line continually, continually uh, wows guests. So it's no wonder travel and leisure readers voted it the number one mega mega ship ocean cruise line in the 2021 world's best awards well-deserved Disney Cruise Line I mean you pay a little more for it but it is fantastic it is it is head and shoulders above many of these mega cruise ships, cruise lines that you'll find out there in our opinion, personally. Well, and as we've said in some other episodes about specifically about Disney cruising, yeah, you're paying a lot more upfront than what you might on some other cruise lines, but you're also not being charged additional fees for things that you would 
that's included in a Disney cruise that would be separate fees on another cruise line. Right. So sometimes they, they aren't as far apart as one would think. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with any of the other cruise right. lines. We've sailed many times. We, we still have actually some cruises booked on some other uh, cruise lines besides Disney. But, um, you know, as far as everything that goes involved with it, I mean, you just look at the ships and how immaculate the Disney right. ships are. Um, they just have that that extra right. oomph to them, True. you know, that extra edge that just pushes it over and makes it just that much better. You know, again, it doesn't mean that we don't book with other cruise lines right. uh, when the itinerary is right, when the price is right, when the cabin is right. But if all things are somewhat equal, we will pick Disney Cruise Line every sure. time, personally. Definitely. But that's just us. So, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Disney, uh, excuse me, Travel and Leisure, their world's best awards, um, they're rated based on the cruise ships by the quality of their service, staterooms, food, entertainment, itineraries, and shore exclusions. So they put all those things into one lump sum when they decide what right. is the best uh, of the cruise line. So congratulations to yes. Disney Cruise Line again. Yeah, well-deserved, as yes. I said. Moving back to the parks, off the seas, back into the parks. Wow, I'm getting confused. Yes, I'm I know. I, around I, here. I like to keep things going here. <laughs> Ping Even pong. if my mouth doesn't seem to want to go the right direction <laughs> often. Uh, Disney has made it much easier for you to get your tasty treats when you're in the parks. This is great for us because we like to pick up some of these, especially at the end of the day right. a lot of times. And this has just made this that much easier. Again, from the Disney Parks blog. They said, since introducing mobile order service several years ago, we've been continuously expanding the service to additional dining locations and adding new options like table service to go for even more convenience. Now available at the Disneyland Resort. So right now, you can do this right now. And coming soon to the Walt Disney World Resort, you can also use mobile order service to order your favorite confections from select merchandise locations with candy kitchens. So I love it. Lots of cool spots for that. Uh, they say satisfy your sweet tooth and save time in line when you use mobile order service at the following locations and pick up treats from cupcakes and cookies to chocolate covered marshmallows and elaborately decorated candy apples. So this is one of the things that we love because yes. um, we regularly just we love to bring things home, especially from Disneyland. I mean, right. there's some good stuff at Walt Disney World, too, but the stuff at Disneyland uh, especially from their bakeries right. and their candy areas and whatever. We just, we love it. It is so good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. And, you know, like you said, whether it's taking it home or if we're staying uh, at a resort nearby, just having it in the room that evening just continues the fun and the magic. Yeah, and it, like, especially like if you get to the end of the night, a lot of times people have the same thought you do at the end of the night. So right. they're lining up to get all this stuff. And that line, people are trying to figure out what they want yeah. and everything else. <laughs> you know, the kids can't figure out, they can't decide what they want. Right. They want everything, but they have to decide on one thing. It can get a little tedious at the end of the night. So sometimes we'll skip it, but this will give you the option of ordering ahead and just picking it up on your way out. Right, and so we love mobile easier. ordering anyway. Yes. So it's awesome. Everything mobile ordering is fantastic in our opinion. So uh, here are the places in the Disneyland Resort, which is now available. If you're going this week to the Disneyland Resort, you can pick these up uh, at Marceline's Confectionery located in downtown Disney District. You can do it there. Uh, the Candy Palace and Candy Kitchen located at the Disneyland Park. Pooh Corner, also located at Disneyland Park over at uh, Critter Country. Uh, you can pick it up there. And Trolley Treats in uh, Disney California Adventure Park. Now, over at the Walt Disney World Resort, these will also be opening up uh, some this week, some in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, the Candy Cauldron, located at Disney Springs, will be available this week on September 14th. 
the I I know I won't get this right. The Caramel Crush, uh, featuring Werther's original caramel, located at Epcot. Mm. You know, in the Germany right. Pavilion. Uh, that will be available this week, uh, starting on September 16th. Uh, Zuri's Sweet Shops, located at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, will be available on September 21st. And Goofy's Candy Company, located at Disney Springs, will be available on September 23rd. Also, the Main Street Confectionery at Magic Kingdom Park will offer this once it reopens. It's closed for right now, but mm-hmm. once it reopens, it will be also offering, offering as soon as it opens up, right. uh, mobile order service. So, And they say if you I want to do this, just uh, tap the order food on either the Disneyland or the My Disney Experience app. And look for these locations as they, uh, and when, when they start adding mobile service there, you look for the locations, it'll be on there. And then you just select your arrival time and your whatever you want, pay for it. And you just yeah. stop by, tell them your order and pick it up just like you do for all your other mobile right, order so, stuff. So yeah, it's just, it's great addition to have that now. So yeah. Um, and like anything easier, <laughs> anything right. where you have to wait in less lines, uh, anything mobile order, we're all for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So uh, quickly, just have one more story for you. And that is that we have a date for when you'll be able to purchase your tickets for the ultimate Disney fan event. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, Disney D23 uh, announced uh, that the tickets will go on sale for D23 Expo 2022 in Anaheim on January 20th of 2022 so we still have a few months away but they wanted to since this week is actually one year from when it will be happening next year they wanted to kind of give you an update of when this will be available for you so uh january 20th of uh, next year is when you'll be able to first purchase tickets whether it be for a single day all three days whatever you want to do we're excited. Right. We love the D23 Expo. We cannot yes. wait for next year. Oh, I know. I know. So, oh, that's great news. Yeah. Uh, so the event will run from September 9th through the 11th of 2022 at the Anaheim Convention Center, the same place it did uh, the last couple. Right. So, right. Um, it's a great spot. Yes. If you've never been you're and you're a huge Disney fan, highly recommend it. You're right there next to Disneyland, so you can kind of combine things, you right. know, do a so Disneyland vacation, do a few days. You can even go to the, if you want to pay for the tickets, so, you know, yeah. uh, you can't even stop in the park after the, you know, the days usually wrap up there around right. seven, eight o'clock in the evening, sometimes a little earlier, uh, but usually they wrap up at the, in D23 and sometimes the parks are open later and you can go over there. And sometimes, they do have ticketed events uh, wrapped around that as well. No right. guarantees they'll do that this time, but sometimes they do. So, um, But the D23 is just so much positive Disney fan energy uh, that it's just so fun to go and take in and enjoy the whole situation. The tickets usually aren't super expensive. Right. Um, go check out the, the floor with all the different Disney merchandise. Go check out if you can get into some of these. You know, Obviously, there's the big... Uh, talks, the big right. discussions, the big panels, uh, but there's also smaller panels that you can get into that are always a lot of fun as well. Right. And I love how they've created an app for it and, you know, where you can really um, be able to select things and highlight the reminders to mm-hmm. you, places, et cetera. So, I mean, it's too much information this far in advance, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, we do have an epi- We do have episodes all about it back based before uh, the 2019 mm-hmm. uh, D23 Expo. If you want to go back and listen to some of those and check out what we said about those and, and actually our experiences on those days, right. um, those are all out there too. You just go back into our our uh, 
our library and <laughs> uh, find them. And I, I can't give you the numbers of them right now, right. but you can find them easily enough. Also, I'm glad you brought up an app because D23 also released a D23 app this week. Yes, there's the D23 Expo app, but there's oh, actually uh-huh. now a D23 wow. app uh, that is you know great for members to get all the information that know when anything is happening as far as their events and where you can get discounts to different cool. things. I noticed they listed a lot of their discounts on this app too. Uh, very handy. It's just, you can just go to wherever you get your apps uh, for your phone or for your, uh, you know, your tablet or whatever and just find it there. And that's an, another great way to be involved with D23 as well. Yeah, I love it. That's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And as always, we start with Michelle because she's wonderful, awesome, <laughs> all things great. Uh, but she has the best lists. She definitely does the best oh, research man. and there's no question she has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh my gosh. You're funny. Thank you, sweetie. Um, so my, my tip really has to do is if you're uh, at the Magic Kingdom Park, it's the end of the night and you still have some energy um, and you've parked at the ticket and transportation area, then we would really, or I would really suggest uh, taking that time to actually walk to your car by going through, um, you know, that walkway that goes to, uh, first it goes to the Grand Grand Floridian and then over to uh, Disney's Polynesian Villas. And then you can get to the ticket and transportation. It's a long walk, so you need to have energy. You know, maybe if you were just doing a partial day uh, at that park and you, you still feel like, Hey, not ready to call it a night. Um, it's one, it's just, it keeps the magic going. Uh, and what we've experienced and I, and I know it depends on what time the park ends and what time you're leaving, but we actually got to see, uh, a really great view of the electric water parade and, it was magical kind of walking past there and seeing that just kind of like it was facing that walkway specifically. Um, but it, it, you know, it, again, it really just, it did divert us from the crowds, although it wasn't maybe the most timely efficient because I think the time it took us to walk that whole distance was probably equal to standing in the crowds and waiting to board either a boat or the monorail. But it was just different and magical. Right. Uh, it is uh, really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends if you want to wait in the line for the monorail, wait in the line for the ferry, you know, or, you know, some of the other boats that mm-hmm. go in and out of there. Um, you can do that. That's fine. But we decided when we were there that this might be interesting because we haven't taken that trip. We've walked you know, back and forth to the Contemporary right. and Bay Lake Tower many, many times from Magic Kingdom. We do that all the time. Whenever we're staying at Bay Lake, we, we walk we walk over and walk back. Right. Uh, and it's great. Love it very much. Um, this is a bit longer walk than that. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's at least a mile and a half, if not like two-mile walk, you know. So yeah. be prepared for that when you're doing that. Uh, so you have to have energy and you, uh, the, the little ones with you have to have that energy or be willing, you have to have that stroller, stroller. be willing mm-hmm. to push it for that long. Um, but it is, you know, it's a well-lit path. It's a, I feel it's a very safe path. Uh, it is an interesting view of uh, the Seven Seas Lagoon mm-hmm. there as you're walking by. And yes, you may get the electrical water patch and going by while you're there, but it is really nice. Um, you know, it can get a little tricky once you get to the Grand Floridian as to where to go from there. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we had our own issues with that. So you might want to get the app out and make sure you have the map right. there, if, unless you are really experienced with knowing exactly how to get to walk between the Polynesian right. Resort and the Grand Floridian Resort. But it, they're, they're very safe, easy paths to go by and follow and, and get you through there. And you get the great experience of, yes, the walk. Uh, from Magic Kingdom to the Grand Floridian, the, you know, the, the grounds of the Grand Floridian, which are beautiful, mm-hmm. the grounds of the Polynesian, which are stunning, right. and then right into ticket and transportation yeah, and right. wherever your car might be. So great tip, Michelle's well, tip. Thank you. Always the best tip. <laughs> yeah. My tip for this week is that, you know, when you go to Disney parks and you're getting food, I mean, you often know, hey, uh, if I'm ordering a burger and fries, it may be rather large and I'm going to split that with my little one or maybe my adult, you know, yeah. friend, you know, because a lot of times it, it is enough food that you can, you know, go ahead and split that burger and fries with somebody else. And so you might want to do that. But, you know, when you go to the festivals as well, I want to recommend that it's not a bad option to be splitting some of that food with the people you're with at True. the festivals as well. Now, people don't necessarily think of that because they are small plates mm-hmm. and some of them can seem a little tiny. And yes, that's true. You don't necessarily, if you're splitting it with somebody, get a tremendous amount of food. But remember, these festivals have so much food right. for you to try <laughs> that if you eat all these things right off the bat, eventually you're going to be like, hey, am I really still hungry? You know, by depending on where you go, by the time right. you get to Italy or, you know, or Germany right. or whatever. Yeah. Maybe I'm not hungry for the rest of it. So sometimes it's best to just go ahead, order this. You both can sample it. Maybe one of you likes one thing more than the other. You know, right. have a little bit more. Maybe somebody likes the other thing more than the other. Um, but, but, you know, it's a way for everybody to get a taste of something. You can still be hungry for that next thing. Right. You can kind of stretch it out, try more different things. And if there are things that you really, really like, you can always go back and get another one. Now, I know this isn't financially the best <laughs> option because you know i mean you, well, it might equal out it might equal out but you're beginning that's true um but it is a way to sample more things because there are so many treats to sample as you're going through these festivals and even the regular festivals but when you get to the actual food and wine festival where they have even more of these kitchens right. more of these booths throughout than even any of the other festivals there's a lot to to select from and I just feel like if splitting it up a little bit may give you that many more chances to try some of this wonderful offerings that they put out there for you. Right. That's a great point. And especially like you're saying with the food and wine this year where they, they started out with quite a large selection and then they reopened or they opened newer kiosks as the, the festival progressed to give you even more types of food to try out that that's a great idea yeah so just my suggestion Good you tip. know i mean we'll do whatever you want but i don't and we do it all the time we almost every everything we order there's very few things that we order that is just for one of us usually it is something that we will split and then if we like it we'll go back and get a full order for ourselves right so. or if something we've had the year before that's true sushi yes. donuts sushi donuts we need our own we need our own and alcohol usually we need our own <laughs> true <laughs> chocolate trios <laughs> chocolate <laughs> we've tried to split that but yeah, it doesn't well, work for me well, <laughs> tried to split it she's trying to figure out how to get thermoses in there so we can get some of that <laughs> liquid chocolate tasting Thickness, yes thing and bring it back to our hotel rooms in the <laughs> evening anyway i digress yes 
Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, as we mentioned already, we will be doing part B of part, of <laughs> six, of the, part six of our series, counting down to the uh, Walt Disney World 50th birthday celebration. Michelle, more research, more great stuff, this time focusing on the actual opening gala itself. Right. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to it as well. Again, learning more new stuff from Michelle's excellent mm. research. And as for today, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love it if you haven't yet signed up for the newsletter. Yeah, please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you're on Facebook, come on down and join <laughs> us on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Just a great place for people to get together and, and share uh, fun, positive Disney news and fun and yeah. stories. Uh, we are also on YouTube. Please check us out there. Just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And the other thing that we really appreciate is if you have time to give us a little review. Uh, but more importantly, just tell a friend about our podcast. Yes. And that's true of our show, but true of any podcast that you love. Uh, giving Giving input to people is very, very helpful on the show. It uh, lets us know that you are listening and that you enjoy the content, that you want to be involved in the content. Uh, reviews help in so many other ways as far as algorithms and other things that I don't completely understand or at all <laughs> understand, uh, but help people who are doing a search for podcasts of the same topics or whatever mm -hmm. um, know that this is a great show that they might enjoy. So uh, reviews are fantastic. So And thank you for everybody who's already given us a review. Definitely. So... That's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.